Shalom. I hope you are more energetic today. Shalom, everyone. Okay. How many are excited today that uh, God is going to speak to us? Are you excited? Okay. Today I'm going to share with you about the uh, understanding the kingdom of God. This month, the whole team of our uh, church is understanding the kingdom of God through parables. Okay. So today I'm going to share with you. Do you know what story is this? The prodigal son. Yeah. Uh, this picture is painted by Rembrandt. Yeah. Uh, it's a pencil paint, uh, picture uh, drawing. Okay. So we're going to go through. Let's read together. Yeah. Uh, let's start. Let's look at the next page. And he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. Now, what I underline here, later I'll use it to share with you the, the, uh, the message from this, uh, this sermon. All right? So he said he divided the wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there, he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He, and he would glad, have gladly filled his stomach with the pots that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more enough bread, but I'm dying here with hunger? Okay, let's look at the next slide. I will get up and go to my father. Okay, this is very important here. And I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and, and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, when the father said, but the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again and he was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son came and his older son was in the field and when he came and he approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquire, inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he, be, but he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for so many years I've been serving you, and I've never neglected a command of yours and yet you have never given me a young goat so that I may celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth and with prostitutes, you, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all this 
all that is mine is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice. For this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost, has been found. Amen? Now, the whole, if you look at the whole book, uh, uh, whole chapter of Luke chapter 15, it's talking about something that's lost. The first one is talking about the, the, 19, the lamb, right? One lamb was lost. And yet, the, the, uh, the shepherd left the 99 to go and find the one lamb that was lost. One woman was sweeping the floor and she couldn't find. She came continued sweeping the floor until she found the lost coin and he asked to rejoice. And the third one is the parable of the lost, the prodigal son. Yeah? Today, we're going to unveil to you, we're going to learn together what lessons can we take away from this prodigal son. Yeah? When, and when I learned about this prodigal son, I remember when I read this, you know, in, it's just amazing how God revealed to me like onion, peeling off an onion bit by bit. Now, this parable involves three main characters, yeah? We have three characters here. The younger son, the father, and the elder son. So if you read the first part, right? The first part is the father giving away the wealth to the son that even he demanded the portion of his estate. Yeah? The father gave away. Okay, let's look. What, when the son chose to leave, okay? Now, when the son chose to leave, he had this perspective. He says, hey, the world outside there seems nicer. And he decided to pursue it. He went out. Yeah? He had a worldly perspective of things. He decided to go out. And that's where trouble begins to start. Now, in, and on the other hand, if we look through, if we read, you notice something here. The father, he has said, Father, I want half of my inheritance. Now, in any, in any situation, yeah, if you read this, uh, in, in requesting half inheritance, he had cursed his father to die. Why? Because the person that we, provides a will, he has to die before the will can be executed. That is really very bad, right? You know, you imagine you, before the father dies, he says, I want half of your inheritance already. So it's, in his essence, he's actually cursing his father to die. Now, that is, uh, for Asian, it's a no-no, right? You know, in any culture, we find this is... But yet, the father, if you, read the Bible, if you read the Bible, the father still gave it to him, half of his portion. Now, the child, the son, he had the faith to receive the inheritance, but no character to keep it. He was not mature to handle the, the wealth that is entrusted to him. Yeah? Now, we know that. Sometimes we ask, Lord, I want it now. But God says, no, wait. When wait, yeah, God asks you to go through a process. Remember last week, Pastor Aris was saying, you know, if you honour the process, God will honour His promise. Amen? When you go through a process, God is moulding you. Now, why did go- Joseph had to go through thir- you know, 13 years of process? Why? God is preparing him for something big. Amen? The process of that time that he had to go through is to prepare him that he can save his family. The, the process that he had to go through is to prepare him to release forgiveness to his brothers. Now, imagine if someone was willing to let you die, you can imagine what's the impact. Many times people have bitterness, right? But during the process of time, it enabled Joseph to start to, let's say, okay, yeah, I have to learn how to forgive. He, in that process of time, moment when we go through some challenges, it is God preparing Something beautiful out of it. Moses went through 40 years in the wilderness. What's the 40 years? It's a time of preparation. 
Yeah? Why? Because Moses at one time was with, you know, was with the royal family. And he was esteemed to be, you know, among the royals. And yet, God took 40 years to mow him so that he become humble. And the Bible says that Moses is the most humble man on earth. Why? That process that goes through in our life is to mold us and shape us. Amen? Now, let's look at the next slide here. I'm going to share with you, okay, this perspective is very important, yeah? Let's, let's go through. Now, the son chose, okay, if you see on the, the, the right-hand the right side, the son was in paradise. He is actually living in a very nice environment. Everything is taken care of. He has servants in his father's house. He can enjoy many blessings, yeah? The wealth, whatever the father has, he has. But yet, he chose to see that the other side looks beautiful, looks better. So he decided, okay, I'm going to take half my inheritance. He had a worldly perspective and he decided, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to go somewhere. He ran away and he lived a sinful life. And as a result, okay, he suffered a few things. He went to sin, he was suffering, he was hunger, and he was alone. You can imagine. Now, why was he alone? Because he was among the pigs. There was no one else to give him food at all. He was in state. Now, sometimes we, you know, when we run away from God, we realize that we are in this situation that we are, we are experiencing. We are turning away from God, and that's where we start to suffer. And, but the son did one thing. If you realize this, I, I highlighted, right? When the son came to his senses, what does he mean came to his senses? He realized. He realized he has made a mistake. When he realized that he had made a mistake, he decided, okay, what should I do? Even my father's home, you know, house, there is enough bread even for the servants. I'm here. No one even gave me a single bread for me to eat. Now, he realized. He came to his senses. Now, sometimes, now, in our life, do you know that we have internal traffic light? How many of you know that you have internal traffic light? Do you know you have internal traffic light? Hello? Yeah, we have conscience. How many of you know you have conscience? If you do something wrong, do you know that you are wrong? Yes. It's conscience. God gave us internal traffic light, huh? Why? To warn you. Each and every one of us has internal traffic light. But whether the internal traffic light is working is up to us. Whether we want to obey the rules is up to us. Yeah? Sometimes when you walk, you say, oh, there's danger behind. You think about, oh, okay, I will not take a step forward. If you want to do business, sometimes as you want to do business and realize hey, something is not right. Yeah? I remember Pastor Reinhard Bonke. He was offered by a lady. He says, hey, Pastor Reinhard, there is a seven-figure sum I want to give to your ministry. And at a moment of time when the Pastor Reinhardt received this, he said, oh, the Lord asked him, test it wait. And he decided, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to pray about it first. And he prayed. He and his wife prayed. After a while, they find that they have no peace. They decided, okay, uh, I'm going to tell the lady I'm not, I'm not going to receive it. But then the lady says, yeah, Pastor uh, Reinhardt, come over. I will share with you. So the night before he was supposed to meet the lady, he had a dream. He had a dream that along from a river came a hippopotamus attacking him. So that night, the next day, we met the lady. The lady brought him to the backyard. And behind the backyard, there was a river. 
And the same river he had, that dream, was that river that he saw. And he realized that there was not. He was not supposed to take the money. Then the Lord revealed to him. Yeah. Why? The conscience inside us sometimes is from God telling us not to receive it. Why? God has a plan. Yeah. God said, told Rahab Bonke, he says, yeah, the money that you receive is not from a clean money. Yeah. And from then on, he knew. Why? He says, otherwise the money also go very fast. So God has, God has implanted in us the internal traffic light to know what is right and what is wrong. So when he came to a point of realization, yeah, it's very important, huh? a point of realization that where you know that you're wrong, okay, the son chose to return to the father. Now, this is very important here. You have to take note. Huh? The son could realize okay, and choose to repent at his spot where he was at the pig star. And do you know what was the consequence? He would die. If the son chose to repent at the pig star, he would die. But the son chose to return to the father. That makes a lot of difference. Huh? If you choose to... Okay, there's two things. Worldly repentance and godly repentance. Worldly repentance means I realize my mistake, but I stay where I am. Worldly, godly repentance means I am wrong, I realize I'm wrong, I'm going back to the Father. That is the godly repentance. Now, this is a very important perspective. Many people say, I can repent where I am. No. You need to repent and go back to the Father. You need to turn back your ways. The Son knew that he, if he realized he made a mistake and he stayed there, he would have died among the pigs. But he made a decision. He says, today, I am going back to my father's house. And because he made that decision, I'm going back to my father's house, he realized that he, he says, I cannot stay where I am. I will die. He knew he had to repent. He went back to the father and he received seven seven hours. Okay? You can see here the seven hours. Reconciliation, restoration, rejoice, renewal, rejuvenate, rest, and reach. All these seven is given to him when he goes back to the Father. Now, how many of you want back to go return to the Father if you know that you will receive all these seven? Amen? Now, it's important for us to know that we need to go back to the Father to receive the blessing. Let's look at the next slide. Now, what the son experienced when he chose to return, he is reconciled, reconciled with his father. He receives reconciliation of a relationship with his father. Now, it is important that he knows that this, even if his father rejected him, he chose to be the servant. But yet, the father chose a different way. The father decided not just to reconcile. The father, what did the father do to reconcile? The father, while he was still far away, looked for him and ran out to him and embraced him and kissed him. That shows that the father loves the son. He was always looking out for his son. Now, if a father is not looking out for the son, he will never wait and he will never run out to the son. But because the father knew that one day his son will return to him, he was always on the lookout for the son. He made that decision that today, that one day my son will return to me. I, when he will come, I do not know, but I trust, I believe that he will return one day. And the second part, talking about restoration. Now, when the father saw him, the father embraced him, 
when he was still speaking, the father told the servants, right? Kill a fattened calf, put a sandals for him, put on a robe for him, put a ring for him. What are those things? A robe is to cover him, to restore his position. This ring is a sign of authority. He gets a sonship again. He's restored as a son. He may have lost his ring, but the father said, I restore to him today the sonship. And he, and he put on sandals. Sandals is to protect him, to, give, to put a status on him. You know, he's a son and he's you know, being blessed. No longer he has to work barefooted around the house, but he is received a blessing. Now, to be restored is something that only when we go back to the Father, only when we go back to God the Father can we be restored. If we stay where we are, we will never be restored. Rejoice. Now, the son was rejoicing. Why? Because can you imagine, if you had the perspective that your father will not forgive you, when you come back, what's the expectation? You'll not be forgiven, right? You're like, okay, uh, maybe slave lah, your servant lah, yeah? But yet, when he came back, the father said, I restore to you now. You enter in the joy. I'm so happy that I see you. So, of course, if you see the father is happy to see you, of course, you'll be feel happy, right? You were at one moment in time dying, and now when you return to the father, the father restores to you. The next one, the son receives renewal. Right? He's being renewed. Yeah? What he has lost before, you know, he received a new world in the sense of that his soul was renewed. You know, he's, he finds that at one point of time, he was so distant and now he's back with his father. His relationship is restored. He has a renewal, yeah, of strength. He had no strength. Can you imagine he had no strength? You're not eating well properly and now he's being renewed, yeah. Rejuvenated, yeah. Now his spirit was really worn down. His soul was already worn down. But yet, when he went to the father's place, the father says, now, just eat, just, just help yourself to make sure that you, your whole spirit, your whole man is being restored. Because he knew that the, father, the, the son had no proper food to eat. And he was refreshed. Yeah? Now, the Bible says, you know, the, you know, the, your, you know, the father refreshes us yeah, in Psalm 23. Yeah? God, the Father refreshes us. Now, the next one, rest. Now, how many of us want to find rest? Now, when he was there, he was working very hard. No food to eat. But yet, in the Father's presence, he found rest. Amen? Because there are servants working. And he found rest in the presence of the Father. It's important that as children of God, sometimes when we are struggling with so many things, say, Father, I come to you. All my burdens, I surrender to you. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxieties onto Him, for He cares for you. Now, many of us are still carrying our burden and asking, God, God, help me. God says, surrender to me your burden. Unless we surrender our burden to God, we cannot find rest. Now, once He was poor, now He experienced every blessing that from heaven again. Why? Because He is in the Father's house. If he, you want to receive blessing, go back to the Father. You will receive the blessing of the Father because the Father is rich. Amen? The fact that the Father can still restore to Him all the ring, the robe, everything, and, and had a fattened car for Him, it means the Father is very rich. Amen? Even despite giving half of the wealth. Now, 
let's look, how can we achieve a victorious life? And who can help us? Now, there's three stages. The point of realization, when the son realized that he made his mistake, he chose to repent. Okay? Now, the point of repentance is that you return to God. Don't repent at your own place. Go back to God. Say, Father, I, you know, come to church. Say, I want to come to church. I want to repent. All my past, I want to surrender to God. I cannot change the past, but I know God can influence my future. Amen? Your future is in God's hands. As long as you come before God and say, God, I commit my life to you, and my life is no longer me who live, but Christ in me. And every day I live, I live to the one who has died and risen from me. Amen? Now, remember this. There's two repentance, yeah? Godly repentance and worldly repentance. Worldly repentance is what happened to the son. If he repent at a big span, he would have died there. That is worldly repentance. Godly repentance means I, the son, repent and turn back to the father. Amen? That's very important because worldly repentance leads to death, but godly repentance leads to eternal life. Amen? And it leads to salvation. When you are saved by God, the, father, the son was saved when he went back to the father. He received the salvation. He received by the father. Why? The father sees that he's malnourished. He went back and the father re- re- refreshed him. It's important that for us, as children of God, we know where to turn back to. We know we have. That's why it's important for us to have a fellowship. The fellowship is a place where we strengthen and encourage each other. Yesterday, I was very encouraged when I saw Tiong Baru's uh, message. I saw so many people, I think about 15, yeah, quite a number of people, turn up for the, the Tiong Baru coup, which is good. Yeah? Why? Because as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. When you need help, you know there's people to turn to. I remember when I was uh, working overseas, uh, at one point of time, yeah, people around me spoke a different language. And I was looking always every Thursday to join a fellowship. Why? Because not only for food, uh, but for the fellowship. Because at the, doing this fellowship is where we can always interact and uh, encourage each other in the Word of God. And I was very encouraged by the brothers and sisters in Christ who always give me testimonies to encourage me, to strengthen me. Now, who can help us? God, Jesus. Now, if today any of us have not received Jesus, we can turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you my life. When I chose to receive Jesus, I was looking for one key, the key to the answer of life. And that key was found in Jesus. Yeah? Do you know the Old Testament and New Testament are aligned? Why? Because in the Old Testament, it says this, Jacob had a dream and there was this ladder between heaven and earth. And in John 151, there was this, Jesus says, I am that ladder where the, the angels descended upon heaven and earth. Now, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah? There's no other way but through Jesus. Today, when you surrender your life to God, you see God transforming you. There's, you know, I, we have heard testimonies, right? Uh, I think Jason Wong shared how Prisoners who have been in and out of jail was transformed by the will of God. They are transformed. Uh, today, in, uh, there, is, there is a place up at Upper Strangoon Road. It's called the hiding place. And this, this hiding place 
is a place where all ex-prisoners are there. And you know what? They are encouraged by the Word of God. They are transformed. And, and through this, this place, the hiding place, it's a place whereby they find work and they find, uh, they find brothers and sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ who continue to stir each other. You see, you know, they were all ex-prisoners and yet they find where they are accepted in the community of believers that continue to encourage and stir them. Yeah. Our hiding place is in the Lord. Amen. Now, if we think about religion, religion is man seeking for God. Yeah. Do you know that every religion is man seeking for God, trying to find their way towards God? But Christianity is God in search of man. God wants you to return to Him. Jesus came for the lost. So this parable, the three parables that we, we, you know, in Luke chapter 15, is about the lost. God wants to reach out to the lost souls. God wants you to return to Him. As a father longs for a lost son, so does God longs for each and every one of us to come back to the kingdom of God. Every soul that receives into the kingdom of God, the angels in heaven rejoices. Why? One soul is saved. Maybe not just one soul, maybe a multiple. Maybe we think that, hey, I only save one or two person eh, I bring to Christ. But maybe when you go to heaven, the Lord says, hey, welcome my son. Here are the people that you have saved. And you look behind you and wow, thousands. They say, Lord, I only brought two person. Then the Lord will tell you, these two person you brought, brought all this. The life that you think your life may be insignificant, bringing just a few people, but God says, I can bring many through the rest as well. Amen? Your life is not about yourself. Your life is about God's plan and God's will for you and I. Now, all of us have a different race. All of us have a different finishing line. When God tells us our finishing line will end, we do not know. Yeah? But as far as we are on earth, we run the finishing line. In 1968 Olympics, John Aquari was running. He was, uh, I think, from Tanzania or Kenya, I can't recall. And he was running. Behind him, when he was running, he was actually limping to the stadium. He was limping to the stadium. Behind him was the paramedics following him. And the newspaper, the, the, the journalist was asking, why uh, are you still running? You are almost the last runner finishing the marathon. Everyone else has finished. And he said, you know what? My country sent me 5,000 miles not to start the race. My country sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. God called us to finish the race, not to start the race. Your, your, your beginning of our lives may not be perfect, but God says, if you follow me and walk with me, you'll finish it well for the glory of God. Amen? Let's give glory to God. Once we receive salvation, then we can have victorious victory in Christ Jesus. Let's look at it. Okay, now, do you know that in the Bible today, there are 7,000 promises for you and I to claim? 7,000 promises. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, example. These are some of the Bible verse. Yeah, that can, you know, no matter what situation we go through, we know God is still at work in us. He who has begun a good work in you will continue to do it till Jesus Christ comes again. Now, at any point of time, though we are imperfect, do you know that 
God is molding you and I. The son, prodigal son, may be imperfect, but the minute he returned the father, God the father will teach him again. He says, I'm going to show you how to lead a godly life. Now, what can we learn here? Let's look at the next slide. Now, we can see here, worldly sorrows leads to death. Okay? Godly sorrow leads to salvation. Amen? Now, what we can learn here is as well, it is never too late to return to the Father. At any point of time, you say, hey, I think it's too late already. I don't know how to return to the Father. Never too late to return to God the Father. As long as you're still breathing and you're still alive and you still can confess, go back to the Father. Amen? It's important. The third one is humility to acknowledge the mistake. Many times, we need to humble ourselves and say, Lord, I made a mistake. I want to humble myself and come back to you. The son finally acknowledged that he has made a mistake. And he says, I'm going to go back to the Father. I'm going to humble myself and walk towards God. And what can we learn from the Father? He's always loving and longing for a child to come back. Do you know the Father is always longing for a child? He waits for the son. Yeah? So he's always there. The father never rejected his son. It shows God's grace. Broken heart, broken lives, the father takes it all. Do you know that the son was broken hearted, broken lives, and yet God, the, the father accepted him as he was before. That was the situation. No matter how you think your life is broken, that cannot be mended, know this, God can mend broken hearts. God can mend broken lives. Amen? Nothing is too difficult for God. You know, sometimes we think we are at the wretched point that no one else can help us or reach out to us. Paul and Silas was at the third level of the prison in a point whereby it's hard to save them anymore. But yet, at that moment when they worship God, something happened. The prison doors were shaken and, every, and they were let loose. And because of that incident, Paul managed to reach out to the prison warden and the, the family. Amen? And as a result, salvation came to the prison, prisoner, uh, prison warden and the family. Amen? Where we are placed is by no accident. God has a plan. It's just that we need to know what is God's plan where we are placed in. Amen? Now, the father heals and restores. You see, the father saw the situation of the son. The father said, hey, son, I, you are malnourished. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. Give him the food. Give him the medication that is needed for him. Yeah? This is how God the Father is. No matter how you think your life is broken, cannot be bad, go back to the Father. He will restore you. Amen? Now, we look at the elder son. Now, the elder son was full of like, hey, why you didn't sacrifice anything for me? You know, you didn't even give me a young goat for, to me to celebrate my friends for even serving you all this while. That's where we need to learn about godly contentment. Godly contentment is of great gain. Amen? Many times we see our neighbour is doing better than us. We say, hey, the Jones are doing better than us. No, we need to learn to be godly content where we are. Godly contentment is of great gain. Why? Because our eyes is focusing on the kingdom of God. President Roosevelt said this, keep your eyes on the stars, but keep your feet on the ground. means, you focus on the kingdom of God, but make sure that you're still walking on the ground. Humble yourself as you walk with God. Amen? Let's look at the 
focus on the finishing line. Many times we look about, you know, enjoying the moment now. Yeah? But we need to remember that our finishing line is still far ahead. We still have a thing to do. Amen? Now, the son, the elder son, did not have a perspective that the child that was once lost was now found. The song, Amazing Grace, Amazing Grace, was written by John Newton. How many of you know John Newton? John Newton was a man who is a slave trader. And a slave trader, he trade slaves like trading things. If the slave dies, he just throw them off the sea, to the sea. That's how he was. He trade the slaves like things, objects. But that's where he wrote the song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I am found. But I was blind, but now I see. He was once blind to know the perspective of what God has in front of him. Yet when he saw, he saw they were no longer slaves, but they are brothers and sisters, brothers in Christ. Jason Wong, uh, about two months ago when he shared, right? What he did when God called him, wash the feet of the prisoners, he said, Lord, how to wash the feet of the prisoners? Cameras all around me. Yeah, you know, prison warden. Uh, he, all the prison, you know. And he says, Lord, if you call me, I'm going to do it. We had a fellowship lunch with him uh, about uh, two months ago, a month or so ago. And he told me, he told us during the fellowship lunch, he said, you know what? I said, uh, Jason, share with us how you became so successful starting two initiatives. Yeah? The Yellow Ribbon Ministry and also the Deaths for Life. Two big ministries in Singapore. And he said, one word, obedience. Obedient to the word of God. Obedient to the calling of God. He just said obedience. He said, I, I am just a normal man. Ordinary person. But what when God called me to do, I just do. I just follow God. That was what God has planned to you to do. He just followed God. You know? No matter what the situation is, I just follow God. And we look at the next one. Be Christ-centered. Yeah? It is important to have a christ and Not about myself, me, myself, I, but about Christ. Do you know that Christ-centeredness is about others, focusing about others? Jesus, when He was, you know, after he was uh, the Sermon on the Mount, what he did, he said, I need to feed these people. His interest was not about himself. Now, the, the disciples said, hey, uh, Jesus, I think you are very tired already after teaching so long like that. Huh? I think you better go and rest. There's so many people here. Then just, no, no, no. I need to feed them. They have a long way back to home. And yet, that was where the miracle took place. Because Jesus had compassion. God the Father had compassion. Amen? Now, let's look the next slide. What can we learn from this parable? There are three things that we can learn from this parable. When we realize we have made a mistake, we need to repent. Okay? Everyone makes a mistake. It's just whether we want to own up and say, Lord, I made a mistake. Forgive me. Sometimes, yeah, things will go wrong. Not, uh, when we make a mistake, we, we think, we reflect upon the consequence. Oh, what happened if I say something, you know, I did something wrong, I just confess, like, you know. Yeah, never mind. Just confess. Do you know that confession is good for your heart? Amen. 
No, in uh, 1960s or 70s, there was this uh, great train robbery in uh, UK. I do not know whether you've known it. Yeah. Great train robbery in 1960s or 70s. Now, this guy, no one knew who had stolen the, the whole cargo of cash. I think it was 60 million US pounds at that time. Very big amount of money. Imagine that amount of money can make someone rich. In that time, uh, you convert uh, today, I don't know how much, really, a lot of money, hundreds of millions probably. The guy, uh, about five to ten years ago, one guy from Brazil confessed that he was the guy who actually robbed the bank, uh, robbed the, the train. And he says for years he couldn't sleep. And now after he confessed, he finally could sleep. Yeah? Now confession is good for your heart. Amen? Now let's look at the second one. Forgiveness. Learn to forgive. God is slow to anger, abound in grace. Now God loves us. And if you notice this, the father never rejected the son. The father was waiting for the son to return. Likewise for us, each time when we turn away from God, God calls you. God says, hey, I send servants and, you know, to reach out to you. Sometimes we think that, hey, uh, you know, we expect God to come in a miraculous way. So there was one time there's a man, you know, uh, he says, uh, there was a flood coming and then he says, uh, God is going to save me. So the first person who came with him said, sir, sir, we bring you across. Now there is, uh, you know, uh, we bring you to Highland. Now there is, uh, you know, we can still walk. Let's cross. He said, no, 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 God is going to save me. Second line, the water reached to his waist and he said, someone came in a boat and rode and said, hey, come. Uh, you know, there's a boat here. Come on board the boat and we'll save you. He said, no, God is going to save me. And he come to his throat. The helicopter saw him. The helicopter said, I tried to reach out to him. Sir, 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 pull the rope. We'll help you, pull you out. He says, no, 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 God is going to save me. And finally he drowned. He asked, when he went, he said, God, God, why didn't you save me? God says, I sent three men to save you and yet you turned them all down. Yeah? God used people around us sometimes to reach out to us. Talking about forgiveness, uh, I, I tell you a joke. Uh, if you are angry with someone younger than you, you count to 10. If you are angry with someone your peer, yeah, your age, huh, you count to 30. If you are angry with someone older than you, you count to 50. And if you are angry with your wife, okay, keep counting. If your wife is angry with you, the wife, don't need to count, keep talking. <laughs> I hope you get a joke. Huh? <laughs> so for husbands, you keep counting. Huh? The wife, just keep talking. Huh? No. This one I received from my wife sent an SMS uh, message. It was quite funny. Now, third one, focus on the kingdom. What we can learn from here is to, to focus on the kingdom of God. Many times we are so into the situation of now that we forgot the finishing line is way ahead. That's why Paul says, I press on towards the upward call in Christ Jesus. I play the past behind. We cannot change the past, but we can influence the future. What we can do today is to focus on the call of, calling of Jesus. We may not start well, but we can end well. Amen? Now, what is the response in our life in different seasons? Now, when you're happy, 
you learn to praise God. When you're in difficult moments, you seek God. Don't turn away from God. In quiet moments, worship God. In difficult moments, trust God. Yeah? Now, sometimes it's hard to trust God. Where? He says, God, God, where am I? Where? You know, why am I here? You know, when we are shouting, C.S. Lewis says, when we are, you know, when we are rejoicing, God whispers. When we are suffering, God shouts. Why? Because we are also shouting to God. God, God, where are you? God said, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah? It's important that in a moment where you don't see God's hand, we need to continue to hold God's hand and say, Lord, I trust in you. Faith, yeah? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the uncertainty we cannot see. What it means? We cannot see what's lying in the future, but we can know that at the end, there'll be a breakthrough. Amen? God is always there for us. We just need to trust in Him. Now, many of us want God to answer the, the, the situation. I want God to answer me right now. Now, now. No. God may answer you later. God's now may not be your now. Why? Because God's plan is beautiful in His time. I remember a, a testimony shared with me about a pastor. He was dying of fourth stage of cancer. Fourth stage of cancer. So he was in pain and he, he went to the hospital. So the doctor said, you have two more weeks to live. Two more weeks. Two more weeks to live. And he was in pain. And then, so he decided to call the nurse. Nurse, uh, please give me some medication. So the nurse came, touched him, and the nurse left. Then the nurse came in, brought a man with a wheelchair. The man in a wheelchair touched him. The man in a wheelchair was, uh, you know, can stand up walking already. And anyone else who came to him and touched him, all was healed, except him. He was like, God, why am I here? And then he knew. He says, Lord, if it's time, Lord, take me home. And you know what? One night, one night, he had a personal encounter. He saw Jesus coming towards him. And Jesus came and took something out from his body. And next morning, he had no more pain. So the doctor, he said, uh, Doctor, I think I'm feeling better now. I want to leave. Then the doctor said, no, 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 no. Let's do a check for you. And the doctor checked him. And you know what? The doctor couldn't find a single cancer cell in his body. Glory to God. Amen? Let's give glory to God. Now, where you are is not by accident. God wants to use you. Let us be focused on the kingdom of God. Where God has placed us, what God has entrusted us, God has a plan. We just need to trust everything to God's plan. Now, the body that we have today belongs to God. The wealth that we have today belongs to God. Everything that we have today belongs to God. We are just stewards of what God has entrusted with. Amen? Now, let's look. Romans 8.28 says this, All things, all things, work together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. Now, many people miss up this part. We only see all things work together for the good of those. means good or bad. In the end, work for the good of those who love God, but we miss out and call according to His purpose. If you want to go to Jakarta, you need to take a flight to Jakarta, not take a flight to Bangkok. Why? Because wrong destination. You need to follow God's purpose, God's plan. If you want to succeed, we cannot say, Lord, I want to succeed, but I do it my way. 
No, no, no. If you want to succeed, we need to follow God's way, God's will. Amen? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Now, how many of us know that when we go back to the Father, God will restore us. God cares for us. Yeah. God loves us. His plan is beautiful in His time, not in our time. Many times we rush God to do things in our way. No, God says, wait, my way is better. Joseph went through the process. Because he honored, honored the process, God honored His promise for him. Moses went through the process. Because he honored the process, God honored His promise for him as well. Yeah? Now, there is a time and season in our life we will go through times of tribulation, times of seasons of joy. But all this season is to prepare us. You know, one day I asked the Lord, Lord, why you allow Christians to go through the storm? And the Lord reminded me one thing. He says, you know what? You see the trees falling in Singapore? At one point of time, do you notice trees are falling in Singapore during a storm? And the Lord reminded me. He says, the trees are having roots above the ground. Then the Lord reminds me, He says, if your roots are deep down in the ground, no matter what storm that comes, you will stand strong. Why? During the season of a, uh, uh, of a drought, of a testing, your roots, if your roots are strong, you will go and search deeper for God and you'll be strong. Why? Because your roots go deep down. In times or moments of difficulties and troubles, when you decide, says, Lord, I put my trust in you. My hope is in you. I'm going deeper down and searching for you. That is where God gives you victory because you become a stronger person in going through the storm. Couple, uh, before we had our second son, uh, my wife and I, uh, one, we lost a son. Yeah, we lost a baby in between. So, we were saying, oh, Lord, how come uh, the baby was lost? You know, the, after two months, the baby's heartbeat gone. The doctor said the baby will die. So it's like, oh. All of us we were very sad. But later realized, then the Lord reminded me, He says, not everyone can go through the same process. But the process you went through, God is going to use you. I'm going to use you to help others along the way. The process that some of us go through is to help and guide others along the way because we are stronger and we learn to depend on God. And the same way, when we went through, the, a couple went through the same process, we help them, we tell them, we encourage them, don't give up. God is going to help you. Victory is right ahead. A couple uh, we counseled before, a couple years ago, they lost two babies in succession. And yet, we told them, don't give up. She saying, why this happened? Why this happened? He says, don't give up. Just trust in the Lord. Today, they have two children. Amen. Give glory to God. Last but not least. Yeah. Four marks of true repentance are acknowledgement of wrong, willingness to confess it, willingness to abandon it, and willingness to make a restitution. Amen. This is Corey Ten Boom. Yeah. So if you want to watch the movie called The Hiding Place, it's found on the internet. Uh, it's free, YouTube, you just find Hiding Place. It's a very touching story. Okay? Come, let's pray. Can we sing this song? I have known the Father's care for me.
I have known the Father's cares for me. He's been good, He's been good. Through it all, He's always there for me. God's been good to me. Come, I'll invite the worship team. I have known the Father's cares for me. He's been good. He's been good. Through it all, He's always there for me. God's been good to me. Through the night, through the storm. what storm you are going through, no matter what tribulation you are going through, know today God is there for you and I. God will never abandon you. It is the devil trying to tell you that there's no hope in God. But know this, the promises of God is yes and amen. Today, when you receive God in your life, you receive salvation, you receive victory from Christ. Amen. Now, let's pray. If any of you today knows that this message speaks to you and you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like you to lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Father God, I just pray, Lord, thank you for your word, O oh God. We know, Lord, you love us, O oh Lord. You care for us, O oh Lord God. Come what may, Lord, everything will be all right, O oh God. Because, Lord, in the presence of you, O oh God, there's joy, there's, Lord, there's peace, O oh God. Lord, we can find rest in your presence, O oh Lord. We are restored, we are rejuvenated, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we don't want to go through, Lord, like what the prodigal son did, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that we will return to you, O God. Lord, he could have, the prodigal son could have repented where he was, O God. But yet he chose to return to the Father. It shows that he longs to go back to the Father. He has repented of his sins, O God. Likewise, O God, help us, O God. Give us a heart of humility, Lord, to acknowledge our mistakes, O Lord, and to come before you, O God. Lord, who are we, O oh God? But yet, you still call us, O oh God. And you still acknowledge us as your children. You shower us your goodness and mercy, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you continue. Speak to us, Lord, as we read your word, O oh God. Let your word become a rhema for us to strengthen us, O oh Lord God. As Samuel encountered you, a personal encounter through the word of God, I pray, Lord, let each and every one of us experience a personal encounter with you, with you through your word, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father.
We commit all this time to you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' most precious name. And all God's prayers are together. Amen. Thank you.